deck. I'll give you a cue here. MMM Agency 100 Studio Sessions. BGB Group. Okay, we're rolling. Hi, this is Jack O'Brien, digital editor at MMM. I'm super excited for you to plug into this episode of A100 Studio Sessions, a new podcast series which gets members of the MMM Agency 100 list an opportunity to riff on what sets them apart. In this episode, we're speaking with Lisa Baer, Managing Director at Schema, and Michael Turner, Managing Director at Syod, both a part of BGB Group. Lisa and Michael, thanks for joining us today. Good morning. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Jack. Really looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to it as well. I know the conversation is really going to focus a lot on the science-first approach when it comes to the work at BGB. And I kind of wanted to start there, Lisa, maybe if you can kick us off with what the value of the science-first approach is with the work that you do at BGB. Yeah, so we have a heavy focus and a significant investment into data assets. And so by leveraging the purchases of those data assets, we have a very high concentration of a scientific team on staff at BGB. Um, and that combination of the science and the data is really what we use uh, to glean insights across our stakeholders. So I think BGB has established a medical legacy and we have a long history of trust built into this scientific background. And that really extends to schema and SIAD. And Michael, is there anything that you wanted to add on to that point in terms of the science first approach? Absolutely. Science is the foundation of all parts of our clients' medical and commercial strategies, which is really kind of the fundamental aspects of what created BGB Group and, and made them successful and, and differentiated them. And that really translated into the creation of SIAD and Schema and taking a science first approach. So our work is grounded in science. And that's important, especially as we're dealing with complex therapeutic areas like hematology, oncology, neurology, immunology, and even into cell and gene therapy. So we really try and keep that approach and it translates into much more actionable strategies for the needs of our clients. And Michael, I want to go uh, to the second question with you in terms of how you approach building a relationship with client teams early on to be able to guide the best use of pre-approval timeframe. What are some of the critical intervention points that go into that? That's a great question, Jack. I think there's two parts of that. On the, the relationship side, it's really about building trust. So, and it kind of stems in. So starting with the science first approach, it's engaging with clients early. So we work with them early on from when they're looking at things from just a clinical and medical perspective, and then you know pre-commercial. So their focus is on much more on the science. So we work with clients early to become that trusted advisor and through a partnership with them as the either the asset or their portfolio evolves, we know how to engage with them, whether it's emerging pharma clients um, or major pharmaceutical companies. And those critical in intervention points, I think, where we really uh, have the opportunity to differentiate and help our clients is in early asset prioritization. So early stage, where should they invest? What is, you know, what parts of their portfolio are, um, higher priority than other areas? Are there specific indications that they should look at and uh, within an asset and understand how to prioritize their investments? And then again, at end of phase two, when they're trying to make the decisions of, should we go into phase three? What should the profile look like? How can we have something that's not only clinically viable, but commercially viable? 
And then third intervention point would be, you know, competitive events. So whether it's a new market entry, a competitor coming in, someone buying somebody else, or just getting assets to develop faster than what you had originally planned, and then changing the, the launch sequencing or timing of your competitors. Lisa, I'm curious if you had anything you wanted to add in on that point. I know Michael kind of laid out the intervention points, but maybe if there's any specifics related to the work that you do on that front that you could share with our audience. Yeah, sure. At Schema, obviously, we're an extension of the full service team at BGB Group. You know, we offer that payer market access expertise. And so we're building upon the trusted relationships that have been built with our MedComs and agency of record teams. But from a Schema perspective, the early engagement with the organized customer stakeholders is a really critical foundation to our success in securing formulary access at launch. And I think legislatively, uh, with PI back in December of 2022 uh, becoming legislation, it really allows us to share clinical trial information early with those payer decision makers, the value decision makers in that pre-approval timeframe. And those PI communications are iterative. We build them uh, to share the data, to get the insights from the payer customers and use the feedback in that pre-approval timeframe to really start to shape the groundwork for the development of the value proposition. So the earlier we're brought into the conversation with the client, the better we can prepare them for getting their preferred level of access at launch. And to add to that, I think it's it's important working with these clients and, and part of the benefits of having both Schema and SIAD is we're, we're able to combine the intersection of, of the medical, the communications, the promo, but also the market access, having that conversation earlier. And one of you know the focuses of SIAD is to help coordinate that integration of helping assets to look at things, not just, again, from a clinical perspective, but also a commercial perspective. So breaking through some of the, the old firewalls between medical and commercial and helping companies to have a more coordinated plan, or at least a perspective and understanding of what's being done on both sides so that they can have a comprehensive approach. And part of that is engaging with payers earlier, especially with, you know, now that with Pi and what Lisa's talking about of getting getting clients to understand that they need to engage with these payers like in phase phase two, especially in complex therapeutic areas. I did want to ask kind of a subjective question. Maybe Lisa, you can kick us off in terms of what your favorite part of the work that you do within these capabilities is. Well, the pie conversations are always interesting to us because it's the first time we really get a read from our organized customers as to how they're going to position a drug or view a drug as it relates to formulary coverage. But as we get more into the launch phase, uh, one of the big areas that we're, we're expanding our team at Schema to enhance our capabilities and a lot of the experience of our team members is in the development of patient support programs. And Michael had mentioned earlier the concentration of specialty drugs that we represent, very complex therapeutic disease states. And so those patient support programs are really vital to the success of getting the patient diagnosed, um, really understanding their disease, giving them the disease ed, really talking to them about critical points of care coordination um, that they're going to be experiencing, and then really helping them get the level of reimbursement uh, that they need for these expensive drugs. And so the reimbursement field managers work to make sure that the insurance coverage exists for the people that participate. So those are really great programs to dig in. They're meaty. Uh, we feel like we're really helping patients out. And really, that's, that's the best part, I think, of what we do at Schema. And I think, secondly, we're starting to get more requests from clients particularly when they're second or third to market in the generation of real world evidence. And those are also very engaging projects where we're working with the uh, local IDNs, ACOs to really get drug in the hands of patients, 
generate that real world evidence and then turn around and publicize that to kind of expand the the basis of clinical evidence to support a drug and the argument for access. So I would say, in summary, uh, patient support programs and real world evidence programs are, are our favorite to work on. And they're, they're really relevant in times like now when we look at areas like Alzheimer's disease and the need to, you know, new products coming out, uh, Lakembi's approval, and now trying to figure out how to commercialize and bring it into a space that, that needs help. And that's where BGB Group has kind of a fun way of, of looking at this. So you say our most, our favorite type of work, I love working on the complex. So something like a space like in Alzheimer's or in uh, complex cell and gene therapy, where it takes a multiple, multiple sets of perspectives from both commercial and medical market access to really understand and build a framework around it. But my absolute passion is on emerging pharma. I love working with emerging pharma on that clinical to commercial transition where you're working with a clinical medical team and maybe one commercial person and really helping them to figure out how do they how do they transition from that early stage to becoming a commercial organization, whether that's you know developing a commercial organization and launching it themselves, finding a partner, uh, outlicensing that asset and prioritizing other assets, but then also thinking through all of the complex challenges of not just building an organization, but whether you're building a new market, whether you're building a product strategy, just helping them think through all those different pieces. And having worked with about 20 companies to do that, it's really exciting to see something that was just, you know, a few people in a small building now become a major, major player in a space because their asset is approved and launched. I appreciate you both, you know, detailing what your your preferences are in terms of the work and, and kind of giving us a glimpse into the spectrum of different clients that you work with and in terms of the different focus of the therapeutic areas. I wanted to pivot the conversation a little bit towards the challenges, especially as it relates to changes that we've seen in the payer community. Michael, is there anything that stands out from that perspective to you? Yeah, I think it, it goes back to our, our earlier point, Jack, of, of it's just that increasingly important need for, for clients to engage with payers earlier. Um, in the process. We've got high cost drugs, uh, whether you're going into new market areas, you're trying to deal with entrenched, often you know could be inferior competitive products, but they're entrenched with payers. So being able to have that payer discussion earlier and to convince clients that they need to engage earlier and leverage the benefits that Lisa you know, talks about with Pi and, and other things to really have something that's going to be viable. It's great to have a product that's that's commercially or clinically awesome, but if it can't get to patients not being used, then we're we're not doing our job and we need to figure out how to get that product to patients without the barriers of access or availability. Lisa, was there anything that you wanted to add on that front? Yes, I would say in addition to what Michael said, one of the interesting statistics that came out in January of 2022 was that 75% of all U.S. physicians are now employees of hospitals or corporations. And so what that really translates into is that these physicians are now being employed by IDNs, ACOs. And as a result of taking on more risk, the decision makers are the ones that own that control at the local level. And so these value decision makers of the past used to be the the health plans, the PBMs. But with so much specialty uh, drug coming into the market and our focus on specialty drugs, our decision makers are really um, at that local level, the, the people that are making the formulary decisions at the integrated delivery networks, the health systems, the ACOs. Um, and it, it's important to understand that because they are the ones that are developing and enforcing restrictive pathways and formularies. And there are penalties if those formularies are not respected. 
So I think what that really translates into is that the market share battles are taking place at the local level. And so the hospital account managers, the MSLs, are really fighting out that market share battle at the local levels. Our supporting role there is to help them identify who those decision makers are so that they can have a positive influence around the discussions of those pathways and how they can influence them to secure optimal access for the brands. Michael, I'm curious what you would consider maybe some of the biggest opportunities or things you're looking forward to as we head into the backstretch of 2023. I think in the second half of 2023, that initially one of the most exciting things is going to be just watching the continued successful growth of Syed on Schema uh, with Lisa and I coming in to help what was an organically grown business really rooted in the science and then bringing in the outside uh perspectives and people to build out these these teams and really grow them connected but independent from from BGB group it's it's really exciting to see the growth of that and see the benefits of that combination of of science and creativity coming from BGB and then the support that we can bring to commercial medical and market access so for me it's it's the just the excitement of growth but also looking at what's going to happen in some of these disease states where you know, we're seeing we're seeing new products. We're seeing contentious discussions. You know, we, we talked about uh, Alzheimer's disease. We're looking at you know new products and, and selling gene therapy. You've got companies that are you know looking to deliver gene therapy solutions for type one diabetes. It's just it's exciting times and what's coming to patients and helping to accelerate that path to patients is why Lisa and I and the rest of the team within BGP group do this every day. It's just, it's, it's fun to help the process, but it's also just really exciting to be part of that process and speed it up and really focus on the value we bring to patients. Lisa, when you're looking at the second half of 2023, what stands out to you? Well, I would say it's been quite an honor to, to take on the role as managing director of Schema for BGB Group. It's an area of growth, significant investment by BGB, and it really helps round out our capabilities in uh, market access work. And so to, to be leading such a great team, to have the ability to bring in talent within the industry to really support the needs of our clients in the areas of solutions to address value demonstration, access support, and pull through really means that we complement our client teams and and give them a more innovative uh, perspective as to how to really address that payer market as we add new capabilities. So in partnership with Syad, Michael and his team, we're really the supporting infrastructure around it because obviously BGB is looking to position themselves as a comprehensive solution and being very grounded in the science, as we talked about, the importance of being grounded in the science and utilizing data assets to, to create insights that we think are differentiating in the way that we potentially look at uh, more comprehensive patient journeys that reflect um, significant access challenge. Patient journeys typically take a one-size-fits-all approach, but I think one of the things that we're really looking at is the idea of dynamic patient journeys, because if there's one thing that really comes into play in market access is that each patient really does go through a very unique journey, um, particularly in these complex disease states, and being able to partner with our clients to really map out those journeys and figure out intervention points to make sure that patients are getting diagnosed on a timely basis and on innovative uh, drug therapies as soon as possible to improve outcomes is really what we're looking forward to doing and partnering with our client teams. I would add, I think another exciting thing to look forward to in 2023 is just being part of BGB Group. It's such a diverse, challenging, a collaborative culture. Uh, they, they, they're expanding their services to be a more comprehensive solution, as Lisa mentioned, but 
they've, they've done this not by just acquiring other firms and trying to patchwork together like we've seen other organizations do where there's no cohesiveness or connectivity or just centralized strategy. The strategy is, is simple. It's science and creativity and it's pulled through. So Syed was created in 2021 and Schema was created and built in organically internally. And now we're expanding and adding in that external talent to really differentiate it. But we're rooted in our teams have been part of BGB group since, since they started. So it's really exciting to kind of see that connectivity having been, having worked with other institutions that were either acquired together or consolidated. It's just, it's a whole different feeling and a whole different level of collaboration that really translates to better benefits to our clients. I really appreciate you both kind of detailing what's going on at BGB Group. Obviously, a lot of very exciting stuff, a lot of science-driven stuff on behalf of your clients. And I promised at the start that we were going to have a final mystery question. I don't know who is brave enough to uh, walk the plank first to answer it. You're scaring me. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, I'll have you go first since I'm scaring Lisa on this one. Since it is the agency 100 studio. It has nothing to do with healthcare. (laughs) (laughs) It has nothing to do with healthcare, but since it's the agency 100 studio sessions, I have to ask, Michael, what is the last song you listened to? The last song I listened to, I'm going to have to to pull it up. Um, It it was actually... uh, Landslide by Fleetwood Mac because I'm excited going to see Stevie Nicks in concert later this year and she hasn't she hasn't been on tour in a a long time my wife got tickets so it's just exciting it's like bringing back a little old school you know the way things were but also keeping it current and new and fresh so it's yeah I feel like I'm on the on on an episode of Hot Ones and I've got to stare into the camera at the end (laughs) after the wings (laughs) <laughs> no, that's, that's a great one. Obviously a great song by a great musician. I'm jealous. I've never seen Stevie live, but I've heard nothing but good things about her performance. So you should be in for a good show. Lisa, it's over to you. What is the last song that you listened to? One Million Bullets by Sia. One Million mm-hmm. Bullets by Sia. Interesting. I, like, I know that song, but it's about somebody that would take one million bullets for you because that's what that person represents in your life. Somebody that you would protect at all costs. So I was out early morning uh, getting some things at the store and that came on on the way home and I jammed it, cranked it up and jammed to One Million Bullets by Sia. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you both being open, not only about your business and the work that you do, but also with your playlist as well. So I feel like we've gotten a little <laughs> bit a little bit more color there. Uh, it's really been a pleasure, Lisa and Michael, having you both on the podcast. Hopefully we get to reconnect down the line and wish you nothing but the best going forward. Jack, thanks for having us. We're really excited to have placed top 25 healthcare advertising agencies this year. And um, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you, Jack. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure.